Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this seventh day of February. Uh, 30 minutes past the hour, we'll have Jeffrey Deskovic returning to the program. Uh, Jeffrey's going to talk about his article he wrote um, on the Super Bowl Sunday to get published in uh, Sports Illustrated about 11 years ago, okay, back in 2013. Uh, he's been on the program numerous times, uh, talk about his uh, wrongfully uh, incarceration and whatnot. Uh, didn't really go into that specific article. You can go back and watch uh, the program where we broke down uh, what happened with him and his case, which is really interesting here. Uh, also, also uh, got, got a few. I, got, I want to talk about Patrick Mahomes. That was interesting stat brought up on ESPN. Uh, get up, and I, I'll talk about that and the names on that. Uh, a potential miles, I mean, huge milestone for Mahomes if he can pull off this win. Talk about that after the break. Nick Saban, Nick Saban will be uh, with ESPN. Uh, just read that. He, he, he will be on game day. Uh, Lee Corsco is still staying even at 80-something. Uh, he, he will help out with the game day crew. So that's been official. Uh, I'm sure it's something he's been thinking about for a while. Uh, interesting comment about Mad Dog uh, Russo, Chris Mad Dog Russo, formerly uh, really, I think he still is a New York City sports personality. I know he does some serious XM stuff. He also works with ESPN uh, uh, on the first take show as well. Uh, interesting comment there on Peacock that I've been echoing for a long time with Roger Goodell. Talk about that. But first, let's take our first and only break. I'll be back here in 49 seconds. We'll hit the ground running here on Sports Scope. Hello, Sports Scope followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just want to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the word, the cash sign, and sports scope. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports, that is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. All righty then. Okay. Now, let's see where to start at here. Uh, you know, I'll a quick homage to um, Toby Keith here. Uh, didn't, didn't, uh, I got so swamped yesterday and sideways. Uh, you know, I really hate the fact that uh, 62 years old died of stomach cancer and uh, I know we've been battling for a couple of years now, but, uh, you know, uh, thoughts and prayers with the guy's family. And I was listening to a few of his songs that raising up our glasses against evil forces, 
whiskey for my man, beer for my horses. Uh, one of the that who's your dad? I mean, he had a lot of good hits. Not as good as I once was, if I ever was. Um, boy, I, don't, I really missed and way too young, sixty-two. When you're forty-two, like myself, like sixty-two is not too far off. So it, it, it's uh, he should have lived another twenty-five or thirty years, you know. Anyways, okay, now uh, getting back to the show here. Now. This such an interesting stat here from um, ESPN's Get Up show, you know, and I, I took a picture. I was watching it as I was preparing for today's program. Wasn't even going to talk about this, but, you know, talent's one thing, right? But also having everything work around you. And specific breaks, uh, Patrick uses the term blessed. I use the term blessed. Have great uh, players around you. Have elite coaching around you. And obviously doing the work as yourself. It is a lot to become a champion in a team sport. It, it's And one thing can go awry, and, 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 and you're in a very highly, highly competitive uh, league with another superstar, if you're in basketball or whatever. Things can go, uh, you know. What if, what if the, he went to the Bears, you know, instead of an Andy Reid who has brought every single quarterback elevated to their best ability? Now he's by far the most talented quarterback that Andy Reid's ever coached. But you look at the elevation of a Donovan McNabb, even a Jeff Garcia. Remember that name, folks. We all thought Garcia was washed up when he went to the Eagles after he left the 49ers, okay? They ended up getting to the playoffs, guys like Jeff Cook. Uh, resurrecting uh, uh, Michael Vick after being incarcerated for, what, two years practically? What he was, two seasons? If you count his suspension, maybe three. And, you know, it's um, the Andy Reid effect, uh, Alex Smith, you name it. Everybody he's coached along the way, their numbers have gotten better. Um but anyways, back to this milestone. So, so get up puts this out here. If it's a big if because they're underdogs, but I'm heavily leaning towards Kansas City winning this Super Bowl. Okay, um, if he wins this Super Bowl in the first seven seasons, or he wins this Super Bowl, not the first Super Bowl. If he wins Sunday, all right. Three champions with two, three world championships with two MVPs in their first seven seasons. And ESPN puts out uh, the NBA, NHL, MLB, everything, right? Uh, Larry Bird is in that crowd. Bill Russell, the great Bill Russell, another Celtic there. I think he went on to win like, what, nine or ten championships, some crazy number like that. The great Mickey Mantle. The Yankees, Stan Musel, okay, uh, older baseball player, uh, obviously Joe DiMaggio, and, and the, this guy Guy Lafleur. Not even Wayne Gretzky had that type of accomplishment. And you know what really stood out more than any of these things was Larry Bird. I did not know that the first seven seasons. You think about this, some of you 
NBA historians. Maybe I'll ask Jeff Redesk if, if we got time, because we'll get to a lot when he comes on. But Larry Bird here only won three championships his whole career. You know, he was drafted in 78. Bird was drafted in 78. And by the time of 86, right? I don't think they lost it. This Celtics team is playing really well at times. Now, I know they got beat by the Lakers. They didn't lose that much at home, but they did get beat by the Lakers last week. Totally unprepared to play. Uh, it was really a disgrace. But I want to say the 86 Celtics did not lose a single home game. Uh, Bird uh, wins his third championship that year in 86. All right? And in that same year, okay, like I said, Bird drafted in 78 by 86, had them two MVPs. Had his three championships, beat Magic, one of them, and um, the, the the ironic part about this is they had the number, believe this or not, folks, they had the number two pick. Okay, and some of you old Boston fans, Corey out there, um, Andre, the great Andre Gibson, the Celtics. Uh, had the number two, even after winning the championship, you know, the finals are over with in June. At the end of June, right around the second week of June, normally that, that's when the, the NBA draft is. And I, I looked this up here on Yard, Yard Barker. Uh, the Celtics uh, lucked into the second pick in the 1986 draft, dealing Gerald Henderson to the Seattle Supersonics back in 84. And they selected Lynn Bias was to be an athletic force added to the Celtics, who were coming off a 67 and 15 season and won that championship. Um, it was a tragedy that happened with Lynn Bias. As soon as he drafted, died of a cocaine overdose that night. Number two pick. Okay. And not only that. Larry Bird, even after going before going 67 and 15 and win the winning the championship, probably I know it was. It was the best team uh that, that Bird had during his era in, in, in 86. Um he was uh what did they say he was doing? Uh paving his mom's driveway. Uh I said he infinitely hurt his back, infant. Infamously, you know, famous, infamously hurt his back doing something perfectly on Brandon Humble with the superstar, building a driveway for his mother by himself in 1985. And while that back injury affected him the last several seasons, it came a problem starting in 88. So he had pulled something severely in his back. He's so tough. He just so used to playing through any kind of pain, uh, paving a driveway in 1985. Right. And you look at that and think, okay, what if Bird doesn't do something that idiotic? You know, that's why I commend a guy like LeBron James spending the kind of money that he does on his body every year. I mean, we're talking what 20 seasons now. Uh, I commend the the uh avocado pajamas uh Colin Coward jokes around about with the uh, with the Tom Brady 23 seasons in the NFL 
practicing falling down. No beers during the season. Uh, what if Lynn Bias was never had a drug problem or uh, maybe he never did. Maybe it was just a one-time thing. Never touched drugs. This guy was a really, really good athlete. And, you know, he wasn't one of these 19. He was ready to play and contribute right away, right? What if Bird doesn't get that back injury, all right? Um, what if he, Lynn Bias, does not have the drug overdose? Think about all that. What if none of that stuff happens? Bird has already got a three-time championship. He's arguably, even with that, 13 years, this guy, 13 years in, okay, uh, three, three NBA championships, two MVPs, he got that in his first seven years. He was arguably one of the greatest uh, small forwards of all time. You know, if that didn't happen, um, I, I think they could have won two more chances. You would be comparing him with Jordan and uh, Magic. Your know, Magic got the five. Magic wouldn't have got the five. If they got Lynn Bias, no back problems for Bird, okay? I don't know if the, the Pistons would have won anything, you know? So it's funny how just something, a little bit of something here and there, and, and a little bit of something. So I guess my whole point is, yes, uh, Mahomes, he is on this wild streak right now. You know, uh, six straight AFC championship games starting with his first year. But what if uh, Andy Reid just says, you know what, I'm done. And I, and I hope it don't happen. I love to watch the great Andy Reid work. You know, he always comes up with something over the summer, you know. Uh, but it, 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 a lot of stuff you, you have to have, you have to have some type of help. Okay. Uh, you look at the Belichick Brady thing, look how down the, the AFC East was at that time, you know? Um, so it, it, there's a lot to go into in Mahomes, It's what I really like about this guy. He realized, he said, hey, listen, I know I'm blessed with great coaching. I know I'm blessed with great players. Um, again, Steve Spagnato was not the first defensive coordinator there, you know. But just one little thing here or there, then we realize, how, what, if, what, if, what if the Bears drafted him? They had it. We talked about it yesterday with John Rostano. But, again... Um, but none of that stuff did happen. And he, he is, uh, he is, uh, he does have his, his two championship, but getting at number three, I'm telling you right now, if he can get number three, he would go, he would pass Peyton Manning in, in, in my book here. That's a big if the technical underdogs, but I, I'm not going to bet against him. You know, here it is Wednesday. I, I can't see myself betting against Patrick Mahomes um, in this defense, per se. I mean, he, he's up there with uh, – he's not ahead of Elway. He's not going to be ahead of Montana, even though his playoff wins are uh, right there with with uh, with these guys. And, obviously, Brady's the best. And, contrary to what people say, 
that kind of longevity, that's a big deal. You know, I think he's like 14 playoff and Bray's like 35. <laughs> but uh, it's an interesting list there. If he wins again, if he wins, he would be in company with Larry Bird. These are three championships, two MVPs in his first seven seasons. Larry Bird, Bill Russell, Mickey Mantle, Stan Musial, Joe DiMaggio, and Guy LaFleur from the NHL. That is some serious company right there. You know, no Michael Jordan, no Kobe, no Shaq. Uh that that no Wayne Gretzky for hockey fans, no Babe Ruth for you baseball folks. That's a rare, rare company to get that in your in your first seven seasons. That's what kind of historic run that he's on with Andy Reid. Good luck, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. righty then. Okay, I, I, you know, I, I mentioned it. I'm going to talk about this Mad Dog story, uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo. Uh, you all know I, I've mentioned this uh, after after this happened. I, I did not watch, speaking of Kansas City, I did not watch one, one second. I followed it on my phone of the Chiefs-Dolphins uh, game on the Peacock. Did not watch any of that. And because they're charging people to stream a playoff game. And, you know, I went on and talked about how this is the, the fan base is blue collar, hardworking people. Some of the fan bases, some of the future stars of this game can't afford to bring Peacock. You know, you're getting away from your, your, your future stars. So some of these kids grew up poor, like, like me, we didn't have cable. And I couldn't afford that. I would have been one of those kids that couldn't afford it. So here's Chris Magdog Russo. I think this was on. Um, Got to find out where he's at here. I want to say it's on ESPN this morning. First take, and he's got a he he's uh, he's got a really good rift here. Yeah, this is on uh, ESPN this year. Uh, Chris Bagdahl, real famous, known in New York. I think he still had that serious uh, XM show. Makes a really good point here. Now, the, now, the answers that they give you, well, our younger audience, we have all sorts of surveys that indicate that they are going to streaming. And the Dolphin Chief game this year, the younger audience attendance was superb. So essentially, we almost have to go to streaming for our business model. Now, hold on. What are we, an idiot? I got younger kids. They stream, but they're sports fans. You think they couldn't find a game on NBC, CBS, Fox, or our network if the game is there? Oh, come on. It's the football playoffs. They had $23 million for the Chief Dolphin game. The next night with the Dolph with the Lions against the Rams on NBC, they had $38 million. Yeah, that $15 million. Uh, did not want to pay for that streaming. I was one of them, more from Mad Dog. So the idea that they're doing the young audience a tremendous service by showing a game in a postseason on streaming is a bunch of freaking nonsense. They did it because the NBC people gave them $110 million 
for the one stupid game. So all the owners, they split the 55 million and they make a fortune. They can stay at Divination. They can stay at the Wynn Hotel. They can have their commissioner parties. This is not about little Timmy Russo, little Colin Russo, little Kira Russo. This is about making money. And next year, another postseason game is on Peacock. And their answer is, well, our young fan, they stream. Nonsense! It's NFL playoff football. 110 million people are going to watch the Super Bowl. And it's not being streamed. Hey, look, I, you know, I know he's am, am, a little animated, animated, excuse me, I'm tongue-tied today. But, again, that, that $100 million, your billion-dollar industry, uh, I know they get over about 250 these are your owners, about between 200 and $250 million every year from revenues. I want to say that's TV rights, not to mention concession money from the stadiums, okay? And like he said, you you got 110 million people watching the Super Bowl alone. Some of these playoff games get 49 million, especially the Dallas games. 49, 50 million people watching these these, uh, NFC championship games. Um, I still stand by what I said when I first heard about this. I I do plan on boycotting that Peacock thing and starting a hashtag boycott Peacock NFL streaming. And uh, what we'll do is I'll put out a video, a bit of short video. People got such short attention spans and, 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 and pay for that to be promoted all over the X app. Uh, and, and I'm going to get a hold of as many uh, media people that will do this. Possibly Jason Whitlock. He's talking about having another one of those um, uh, conventions down here in Nashville. Saw it last year. Didn't get a chance to meet the guy. Didn't want to sit through the whole thing. It's like an eight-hour, like a seminar or something he's having, like a convention, whatever. Uh, but I'm going to do it this time. He says it's going to be on June 1st on a Saturday. I'll sit through the whole thing. But I'm going to try to talk to him about boycotting the Peacock uh, playoff next year. Uh, Even if we can just do a small dent in that and and get other media outlets. uh, Because this is built on, you know, uh, blue-collar people, poor people, you know. Uh, So if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. Eventually, we're going to have to play $59.95 to watch a freaking Super Bowl. It's not right. It's turned into a sport for elites, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we will be successful with that. Kudos to Chris Mad Dog Russo, uh, which I'm surprised he had the audacity to say that on ESPN because you know they get Monday Night Football, right? But speaking of ESPN, uh, yeah. So Nick Saban, I, I thought he was going to be busy. Uh, he's going to be on College Game Day next season. Uh, now, Lee Corso, I think 84, 85 years old, will still be back. Kirk Herbstreit, uh, you know, Desmond Howard, Pat McAfee. I think it's a um, really good show. I actually watch this. I don't watch any of the pro shows because we talk so much NFL here between my show, 
the Mac and Jack and Jim Jeffcoat show, and Sanja Pearson's on there now. I uh, used to come on here and make a special appearance for 30 minutes. I uh, got really busy. But that comes on the Northeast Streaming Network, and they do a lot of NFL. They're just as good as those other guys. They just don't have the proper branding behind them, right? Uh, they come on at 8 a.m. Eastern time every Sunday. Very good show, big football show. But anyways, I thought Nick Saban would do this. I thought he'd jump right into TV. He's on there making several guest appearances. So I think, now I, they haven't clarified this, but I think he's going to travel with them to every school and break down games. Well, that just makes their show that much better. They were getting competition from the Fox people led by Urban Meyer, but they got Nick Saban. So uh, I think that's really cool. Um, here's, here's something that food for thought. Nobody else agrees with me. I do think maybe after a year, if the situation's right, um, if it's a situation like a Jim Harbaugh where he got a job, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't take an NFL job in a year. Uh, he, he would have to be the ideal quarterback, a Justin Herbert level quarterback, somebody really good coming into their own, okay? And all they need is a good disciplinarian type of coach. He would be considered the greatest coach of all time, perhaps, if he could do that. You know, I want to say, what's he got? Seven national championships. Uh, he wasn't a terrible coach in the NFL. He just, he wanted to win big. You know, if he would have got Drew Brees, if he would have got Drew Brees, the history of the AFC East could have changed. Instead, that, that fell through because of his shoulder surgery or whatever. Uh, could not pass a physical, Breeze couldn't. And they end up going with um, Culpepper, who was also had injury problems and the rest is history. Went to Alabama and became, a, you know, the greatest college coach of all time. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of interesting stories there. Uh, I am waiting on uh, Jeffrey Deskovic, who could be here at any time. So, in other news, while we're waiting here, uh, also, I'm, I'm reading that Josina Anderson, I think she's with CBS, she says, I'm told that the Jets and Bill's former head coach, Rex Ryan, is interviewing, uh, he is interviewed, as if already happened, for the Cowboys uh, defensive coordinator job. I'll say this. People don't, a lot of people think he, he's kind of a blowhard, big mouth, loud mouth guy, not head coach material. You know, he, he, he got off to a good start there with the Jets, two AFC championship games. And the longer he stayed there, the quarterback play of a Mark Sanchez just got worse and worse and worse, right? And, of course, he didn't, you know, he gets fired, then he goes to Buffalo. Nothing, nothing, total, total failure there at Buffalo. But I'll say this his defenses, they stop the run and they're very aggressive. And you could see that was what's lacking in their losses for the Cowboys last year uh, when they had all those players out on the offensive line and they really couldn't match Arizona, or they should have never lost Arizona. 
but they couldn't match Arizona early in intensity. Arizona with James Conner ran all. That does not happen, folks, on a Rex Ryan coach defense. Ryan is very good defensive. You know, he, he's the son of, uh, of um, Buddy Ryan, and they're, they're, they're big on blitzing, and they're big on stopping the run. And they they need another tackle. Jonathan Hankins stayed hurt. They they need help at that tackle, and they need help at corner. Uh, getting a little long in the tooth there with Stephon Gilmore. But I, I'll say this: you put a you put a rep, look at the difference there. And I know Dan Quinn had his moments where they played great at times. A lot of pick sixes last year to Ron Bland, getting a lot of targeted, and. Um, but it would be interesting to see how he would work with – I think he would fall back, though, to, to Mike McCarthy. Uh, but, hey, hearing he, – he, he was a coach. He was a coordinator with the Ravens. Now, I know Ravens always got great players. But uh, his defenses uh, – he's been out in the league since 2016. I would hire Rex Ryan in, in a minute, I tell you. He, he This guy would be uh, – he's a great coordinator. People get coach, head coach – mixed up with bad coordinator. You know, people say, well, why are you so high on Cliff Kingsbury? He thought it'd be a disaster head coach. Head coach. But it actually wasn't that bad. It got They got uh, Cliff Kingsbury, the coordinator now for for Washington. Um, remember, Arizona got their playoffs. Kyler Murray's injuries really set them back, but uh, run a good offense. You know, he coached Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. But he also been fired at Arizona. He also been fired at Texas Tech. I was hearing that he was not confrontational enough. Um, sometimes you have to confront people and whatnot. Uh, some of the some guys are just they don't know how to delegate right. They they take one side of the ball too lightly. They put too much into the other side. Whether it's coaching, uh, draft picks, free agency. That's usually your defensive-minded head coaches here. And some of your offensive-minded head coaches are more quiet, cerebral type of people. Uh, they're good with the court, but they're not as, you know, they're not as uh, confrontational whatnot. So there's Jeffrey um, Deskovic here, which I've got his uh, foundation at the bottom of the screen, and I wanted to bring him up as we speak. Hey man, how you doing? Nice suit. Um, thanks, thanks, Rob. How you doing? Good. I'm good. I was just going over some things, you know. Uh, it was an interesting little stat here. You're you're uh-huh. you're a big basketball fan, I and am. they were talking about this on ESPN. Three yeah. championships, two MVPs in the first seven seasons. If Patrick Mahomes can win Sunday, and ESPN put these names. There's some names that I would think that may have been there, but not there. No LeBron, no Michael Jordan, uh, no Wayne Gretzky. But they got guys like Larry Bird, you know. Think if Larry Bird wouldn't have hurt his back when he was paving his mom's driveway in 1985 and Lynn Bias in 86 didn't drive a drug overdose when he was drafted. So then you got guys like Bill Russell, Mickey Mantle, Stan Musel, Joe DiMaggio, 
and they had one hockey player, some guy named Gary LaFleur. I'm not a big hockey guy, but I tell you that I just thought that was an interesting stat there. Uh, if well, what was that a list of the best of all time in their respective no, this sports? Is is first seven seasons, Jeffrey, three championship rings, two MVPs. That this is Patrick Mahomes is. Uh, this is the kind of elite company that he could be in. It tells you you really kind of have a good team behind you. You got to have good coaching, and you got to be fortunate not to get injured. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, look, the MVPs. I mean, that's that's your ability. I can't take that from him. That that, but you know, but in terms of having how many championships within the first season, there's so many factors beyond an yeah. athlete's control uh such as what you mentioned one of them you know you have you have to have a championship caliber team uh yeah. around you um you know maybe maybe the team you went to wasn't that way and so you don't you don't you don't have that i mean you know michael jordan's teams weren't all that talented when he got when he got started right. i mean uh you know i don't i don't even really think it's much of a discussion as to who's better jo jordan or bird i mean i think right, jordan right. is kind of universally recognized. I mean, Bird was a top three. There's no, yeah. no, no top two, top, certainly top five. No doubt about it. Yeah. Right. But nobody would ever argue that, you know, he was, yeah. um, you know, better than Jordan. Well, just like, well, uh, Bill, you know, Bill Russell that, you know, he, he won, he won eight champ. It was eight. That was eight championship teams. Yeah. But then again, the league was very thin. Weren't there wasn't that many teams. There were a lot of bad teams. The competition, you know, wasn't, you know what wasn't wasn't as um, tough to come by. Look, I think if he uh, if Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, and uh, I do I do predict he will. We get into that yeah. possibly. Yeah, we'll get that a little bit. Yeah, right. But get but look, he's, he's not the goat. <laughs> but he's not the goat. But he's not the goat. Okay. Right. Uh, he's not yes. I would. I, right. He's right. Brady. He's not better than Tom Brady. You know, Eli Manning's quote was kind of slick. Well, the goat. Well, you know, I'd be a psych. I, I I beat him twice. He did. You get credit for that. Yeah. You have two rings. All the props in the world, okay? You weren't the quarterback that he was. You beat him twice in the Super Bowl, but he's he but he's <laughs> he's got seven rings to your two. He's got ten appearances to your two. You yeah. know, you were never on his level. So that's that's no. kind of disingenuous on his part. Right, right. Yeah. I wouldn't put I wouldn't put him above Montana, nor Elway got the five, you know, with Elway two different coaches. Five. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Elway got to, yeah, Elway got to, Elway got to five. So, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. So, I mean, his, his accomplishments, you know, he's gotten a four, Elway got to five. He he would need to, well, I mean, I think he, he's in the discussion about whether or not he's, he's better or, or, you know, better than or equal to. Or even less than Elway. I mean, that that's certainly yeah. a debatable thing. If you yeah. told me, I, I, I had would a put him maybe tomorrow. a what about maybe a Peyton Manning? Would you put it if he wins? If he wins Sunday, yes, I would put him above. I would. Yeah. I would. We put would him get above. pushback would, there, but I wouldn't, Jeffrey. I, I, me and you are on the same page. Yeah, I think though. <laughs> I think that if you told me I had a if you told me I had to win a game tomorrow, right, yeah. and my team and the other team. Everybody's players are exactly equal ability, but I got to pick the quarterback, and that's where the ability uh, differentiation is going to be. And the choice was between Elway or Mahomes. I, I, I'm going with Mahomes. 
Oh wow! I, I don't know. I might go with Elway, man. I don't know. What? Okay. That, I mean, I gave I mean, one, man. Elway's a high era with his arm strength and wow. Yeah, yeah, he does. And Elway was a scrambler. He was fast, but I mean, yeah. but he wasn't running for these huge, these huge um, chunks of yards the way yeah. that Mahomes is. I mean, Elway's running had more to do with like scrambling. Then yeah. it did actually taking off downfield. As fun as it was to see him uh, oh, launch man. himself in the air and do the do the spin helicopter. Uh, as cool as that was to see him, or yeah, as good as it was for him to see him in that Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so, but look, incredible that he's been in he's been in the you know this many Super Bowls. I mean, the Chiefs even appearing even appearing in six straight AFC Championship games. That's crazy, is, right? It really, it really is. It really is crazy. They are, they are, they are dominating down there in Kansas City. There's no, no question. What a disappointing loss in contrast to Mahomes and all his success. I mean, what a disappointing loss on the part of uh, Josh Allen. I mean, always yeah. coming up, you know, always losing to the Chiefs. I mean, he didn't play well. I mean, the the, the game that they lost. Um, the, the the game that they lost, I want to say, I think it was last year, the one when he took them down the field twice in the last two minutes and with 12 yeah. seconds left, they couldn't oh, bring yeah, down. Oh, yeah, a couple uh, years ago, about two or three years ago. Yeah. yeah. I feel like last Josh year Allen they got played beat by Cincinnati. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. They got blown out and embarrassed. But I think that I feel like Josh Allen played better in the game two years ago than, yeah. than what he did against Kansas City this year. Having finally gotten a home game and and playing worse, I mean that's, I don't understand it. I'm not sure what else they really need to do there. I don't feel like he played all that well. Yeah, maybe it just the the defense is the unsung hero. Look what they did to Lamar in that offense there, Jeffrey. Yeah, I, yeah, they I did. Score the Ravens were going to win that game coming in. Yeah, right. That was a major upset. But you hit yeah. on the you hit on the key thing though. That game was won by the Kansas City defense, yeah. not Patrick Mahomes. Because all seven times Kansas City had the, had the ball in the second half, they didn't score one time. Nope. No. So that, I think that they only had like 65 yards, you know? A lot yeah, of that yeah. was on one play. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That you defense know, is great for Baltimore. Right, right, right. You know, that almost, that almost reminded me of how – you know, the defense played a big role in Tom Brady getting to the last Super Bowl that he played yes. in and won with Tampa Bay. I mean, he was serviceable. He played good, but that defense yeah. really drove that run for them. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody mentioned the fact, and, and they did have a point. It was one of the ESPN guys. They said that, you know, those tackles were out for the Kansas City Chiefs, but their left tackle and right tackle got hurt in that AFC championship game prior to that. They don't, they had two weeks to add in to a couple of guys. And, of course, the, the Tampa defense just took advantage of it. And Brady got his seventh ring, man. So, you know, what if what if they would have been healthy and he would have beat Brady and been going for number four? Well, yeah, well, then, <laughs> then, what then, he have, then, he had, then he would have a better argument. He would have a better argument, but or maybe Montana. I mean, it's still hard to overcome. But it, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I think at that point you would have to consider him to be better than Montana at that oh point. But God. you know, but what I'm leery of, but what I'm leery of is I don't, 
I don't like using championships as, as, as the sole barometer right. for who's better than who because you you know you just might have had a much better team, you know than that. I mean, you, you the, one player might have had a better team around them than right. what the uh, you know what the other player did. Uh, so it's got to measure throw and ability and how how they how well they play in the games and it's a lot that goes into. It's not like these shorter, you know, like a basketball, it's less players or, or an individual sport. So let me ask you about this. You, you wanted to talk about your Sports Illustrated article. Everybody knows I've had Jeffrey on this program before, but I never actually got to talk to you specifically about this article that you wrote 10 years ago, Super Bowl Sunday, right? 11 yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a while, it was a, it was a while ago, yes. Um, 49ers but, um, and the Ravens, yeah. Yeah, yes, it was. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, the article. So, look, I can't I, – I, I wrote the article. I cannot take credit for the nifty uh, title that was Sports Illustrated people. Uh, so, Sports Illustrated, they have a op-ed section, which they refer to as point, point after – and, okay. um, you know, they, they, they came up with the nifty title, uh, uh, the most captive audience. Yeah. <laughs> you could, Rob, you feel free to do dark humor here with me. Cause it's how hey, you I know I love the dark humor. <laughs> yes, you do. yes, you do. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about, so it was talking about the role of sports in my surviving my wrongful imprisonment, um, for 16 yep. years. Uh, role of sports in 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 general for for all the prisoners, you know, whether guilty or innocent, and and with with a particular focus on uh, the a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, I mean, I think a key a key to surviving, you know, in, in imprisonment is you, you have to the you have to find things to throw your mind into. You can't just let yourself like be in hell all day every day. Yeah, you know, twice on Sundays. You know, um, I remember I had uh, so I had what was called a super radio, it was uh-huh. the best radio uh-huh. the prison would let you have. And so on Sundays, I mean, for I, I was, it, I don't want to say it was almost like I wasn't in prison, except that it almost was like I wasn't in prison on Sunday. I had my routine, I had the super radio there, and I would have uh, I would play and I have the one o'clock game on, on, on the radio. and. You know, and then there was the four o'clock game, the Sunday night game, and I would be watching, I'd be listening to the Sunday afternoon game, the one o'clock game, at the same time. So, in in 1998, Elmira Correctional Facility allowed us to purchase black and white uh, televisions, which meant we had a few stations in in the cell, and so I would be watching the game on on uh, NBC, and there was a game on uh, on Fox. So I'd be watching one game yeah. with the sound obviously off. While the better game was always on the radio, Rob. So that was right, the one I was right. really more excited. Uh, that was the one I was, yeah, that was the one I was always real, really uh, paying attention. So I had, I had that routine on 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 Sundays. It was almost like I wasn't a pro. Could forget almost for 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 a little while there. And uh, the commentators were better. I thought yeah. that the commentators were uh, better. I remember there was, um, you know, there was. Um, John Murphy for the for the, for the Bills and and I remember there was um uh, uh Bob Myers and Bob Trumpy 
And I hear the NFL go, and now, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then they do a recap on the games, and they would try to come up with puns. Like, oh, well, in, 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 in Indianapolis today, there was no horsing around. And, you know, talking, <laughs> about, talking about the Colts. They're painting uh, the picture for you. Playoff victory, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So all of those uh, – all, all those things. I mean, uh, yeah, it brought me. It brought me a little bit of joy. You know, mm-hmm. it's was your first year in prison. Did you did you watch that? Was that your first Super Bowl the, between the Bills and the Giants in nineteen ninety? Yes, it was. That was a yes. That that was. I was in the county jail. I had I had um, just been wrongfully convicted. I you yes, know, yes. and I was awaiting sentencing, and I hadn't even gone upstate yet. But we had the. Uh, we had the game on the in the in the in the day room there in the in the in the count in the county jail and for a little while I just wanted to focus in on you know I was able to focus in on the on on the game and you know it was intense it was a very competitive game I mean you know I think the fact that I was a, a prisoner had something to do with the fact that you know I'm cheering for the underdog I mean I like yeah. the Giants but more so because of the fact they were underdogs uh, against the Bill. I mean, hell, they were they yeah. were playing. They had their backup quarterback playing, Jeff Hostetler. Yes. Uh, who had not yet been established as a starter overall. Just Bill Sims had went down. Yeah. And Hostetler played, I think it was uh, somewhere between five to seven games. And so, you know, he, he had the backup quarterback position there. And, yeah, I mean, we were all cheering and, you know, high-fiving. You I remember when Norwood's about to kick that ball, was you thinking, yes. okay, we're probably going to lose, but this was a good game? Yes. What's going through your mind, yeah. Jeffrey? That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, <laughs> There's no way he's going to miss. There's no way he's going to he's going to he's going to miss that. I mean, yeah, you know, damn man, we played such a good game, you know. Yeah. But all right, well, at least we fought. We fought for this, you know, and you know, and so the score, as you know, at that point was was twenty to nineteen. Yeah. You know, and Norwood lines up for I believe it was like a 46 yard field goal. That's usually you a know, pretty so that's a give me. Yeah. That is that is kind of a gimme. And you know, it's at the end of the game. And so if he makes that kick, th- th- there's no scoring after that. I mean, that that's that's pretty much it. And so I remember um, you know, the camera's focusing on the people on the sidelines, and you know, and uh he 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 kicks the ball and uh you know, it was uh, Pars- uh, was uh, Marv Levy grabs a hole of the of the arm of um, uh, one James of the other Lofton. staffers. Yeah, yeah, that's right, James yeah. Lofton. Thank you. Yeah, yes. I read it in your and article. Yeah, kicking, I love kicking. that. Yeah, I see that. And they're but they go like they go like this to raise their hand up in it, and then they go like and they raise it down and they look down. You know, because oh. he misses the thing. You know, that kick forever known as why as wide right. Yeah, and then you we gotta all, feel bad for well, Scott Norwood, though, right? You really, you 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 really do have to feel bad for Scott Norwood. I mean, look, overall, Buffalo did not play; they did not play a good game that day. They only yeah. put up 19 points. They were the league's leading offense. If you recall, they crushed; they had just crushed the Raiders in the AFC Championship game. That thing was like 53 to three, some something wild like that. And, and and meanwhile, the you know the Giants were you know barely eking out victories, yeah. you know in the, in their playoffs. So, but we all were jumping up and you know laughing and joking and high fiving and hugging, doing silly dances and all of that. You made some new friends that day. Yes, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I really, See, that's yes, the bonding really. of sports, right? 
It was the bond. It was the bonding of sports. Yeah. Yeah. Man. But you know, yes, it was. And speaking of that, I mean, you know, another bonding over sports would be, you know, we would play basketball, we would play three on three, you know, to, to you know, take it back. And, yeah. um, you know, sports kind of helped me in a different way there. I mean, I guess my mind needed to leave. It needed to leave being at a prison. And so I came up with this, you know, elaborate delusion that, you know, when yeah. I was playing basketball, that I was a professional player. So was everyone else. And, you know, yeah. the, the, the armory, that was for home games. The gym was when we were going on the road. You know, my, my, <laughs> I love that. Man. My jump shot was not, was much better in the armory than, 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 uh, uh, than, than in the gym, you know, which is kind of like how it generally happens for most players. And, uh, yeah. The people on the sidelines, they were they were like the fans. And I can imagine in my head, you know, the color commentators, uh, you yeah. know, making the calls and all that. And, you know, but it but it but it really wasn't it really was not like it was not like kids fooling around on a playground. This is more of a of a, of a survival, a survival tech, you know, defense mechanism. I needed to leave for a couple hours. And, yeah. you know, that was by uh you know that was that was that was my that was my release, and you know it wasn't just a regular season game I was playing in my mind. This was Thanks this was that. like a, this this was game yeah this was game yeah exactly I love exactly that. Yeah. It, was, it was game seven and you know important playoff series or depending upon the rivalry or intensity or whatever I mean this this might be the finals you know yeah. so. <laughs> Who was the play-by-play guy in your head? Mine was always oh, oh, Marv. Oh, Albert. It was it was Marv. It was Marv. It was no. It was definitely Marv Albert. Yeah, it was. Okay. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, it was definitely Marv Albert, and and that was for the finals. But you know, sometimes it was uh, it was Rick Berry and Skip Kerry. Oh yeah, those guys. Uh, yeah, those guys were yeah. good, and you know, it would be uh, it would be uh, the late great uh, Craig Sager. You know, do oh, really, I love uh, Craig the TNT. Yeah. GNT, yeah, doing yeah. doing doing the uh the, the halftime the halftime interviews and all of that. Yeah, but but even everyone else, even besides me, I mean a lot of people would play basketball and you have your little basketball community there. I mean, you yeah. know, all you have to do is go over there. You don't have to know the people, you just ask, hey, can I have next? And then, you know, I've you know, I'd never heard it's unheard of for someone to ask for next, whether on the basketball court on the ping pong table or um, even in the chess tables to, to ask for next and be denied that, you know, everyone would always, you know, be, be respected and be allowed to, to, to play. And then the next time you, then you were in, but everyone yeah. in that area took note and watched. And so the next time you walk over there, somebody might ask you, yo, you want to play, you know? And so that would be how it would, um, that would be how the social part of it would, uh, would happen. And most people played sports of one, one thing or another. I mean, I was kind of part of the chess community, the basketball community. Once in a while I played, I played ping pong and, you know, that was kind of analogous to playing tennis. And then those are all different, like separate, like communities of people that had that particular interest, but I was able to float between the three of them, depending on, you know, what I wanted to do on any given rec period. And then of course they had the, they also had the sports TV, those were just the yeah. fans that were that were just fans of professional sports. They weren't, you know, they yeah. weren't like athletes of any kind themselves. They would just sit there and they would, you know, watch the games and you'd see the same the same people were, were there and you have sports conversations and everything. And yeah. uh, you know, it yeah. was uh 
I love reading the sports section. It was hard to get access to newspapers in prison, but but you know, mm-hmm. it, there were maybe in the whole prison there was maybe like two or three people that actually had like a newspaper subscription that would be delivered to them, and there would yeah. be like a huge there would be a huge line like, you know, I might be number ten on the list. Someone else might be number thirty. You know, to yeah. get a hold of the newspaper, you know, would be passed around to everybody in the sports section. Uh, when I was in college from 1993 to 95, the college, which had a, a like a mm-hmm. building on the on the prison grounds, they, the, there was a college library there, which actually rivaled the uh, the prison, the, the actual prison general library. Okay. And uh, they had a subscription. They had a subscription of Sports Illustrated. I used to read Man. some of the uh, sports, and then from the go from that to actually having an op bed, uh, having an op bed in there. Yeah, but yeah. So, how did you go about getting that op-ed? Uh, what what yeah. made you want to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, in terms of my motivation, I mean, why I wanted to do it is because Sports Illustrated, Sports Illustrated, and it's a very, very wide audience. And yeah, I always, I'm always looking to try to increase my profile. I'm kind of a tool in the fight, you yeah. know, against wrongful conviction. And so as goes I, to some extent, as goes my organization and to an even lesser but definite extent, as as goes the cause. So I figured if I could get published there, it would be great uh, for, for all of those for all of those reasons. And of course, I was hoping also, although this part didn't happen, you know, uh, it's I was hoping that one athlete or or another. I mean, they, they sometimes they serve as like a like a uh, like an ambassador for an organization i was hoping that it could be could be a good cause for them to get involved yeah. with i mean that part of it never happened in terms of how so there's a man named mark howard who who runs um, he's he's a teacher he has a number of nonprofits but including uh what's called uh, uh, he has this movie series, well, a documentary series called Making an Exoneree. So him and another exoneree, Marty Tank, who, who's a lawyer, they work with um, college kids. And they're like the investigative arm on wrongful conviction cases. And the kids document things and they investigate, they document through, um, you know, through camcorders. And they partner with the lawyer who's going to do the lawyering uh, of it. And they've, got, they've gotten a number of people out as well. Mm-hmm. They have gotten a number of people out. But... I've been friends with Mark for about uh, since 2007. Mark actually lives in D.C. And whenever I go to D.C., so I can take the Amtrak train from New York City and it's okay. like three hours away. So, you know, I get I, I get to I get to, you know, I've gotten to D.C. maybe like, I don't know, seven to ten times, something like that. So whenever I go, I I hit him up. And, you know, most of the time we're able to get together, even if it's just for a meal or an hour or two. But Mark knew uh, one of the. Uh, one of the people at Sports Illustrated, um, John Wertheim, and uh-huh. I don't know if I asked to meet him or he asked to meet. I don't. I forgot exactly the minutia of it, but I remember I had lunch with John Wertheim, and yeah. look, I was hoping and dreaming, okay, that I could get a yeah. chance to like write. Well, I, you know, either write something or even just have a feature or something on me uh, done. And, and so I started, I geared, when he was talking to me about the human elements of my story and surviving, I was throwing sports stuff in there about the time in prison, emphasizing that rather yeah. than other stuff. And I was hoping the light bulb 
would 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 go off in his head because I dared not. I dared not suggest to him directly. <laughs> you know, maybe some But after enough of those things, I'd I'd, made, I'd hit something and go in depth, and then I switch to something else. You know, and then right. come back because I also. You know, uh, Rob, I can admit I wasn't trying to be too obvious about it, what I was trying to do either. <laughs> so I, I hit it and then, you know, yeah. switch to something else and come back. And finally on the third time, he says, wait, I I think that there's something there, man. You know, what about an article on, on you know, but he's on, on you and the role of sports there. But, you know, I really don't, you know, uh, you know, I really don't. He says that he didn't have time because – he had a bunch of assignments he had to finish, and you know he was getting ready to go to Australia to cover the the the, the Australian games. Oh wow! Yeah, January. Yeah. So he said to me, "Well, I don't have time to write it. You can write it." And I'm like, "Yeah, but what makes you th- what makes you think I can write? What makes you think I can write at the level of uh, <laughs> you know the writing that's at?" You know, Sports Illustrated. I mean, yes, I am a weekly columnist. Yes, yeah. I'm getting paid for that. I was making at that time. I was making um, uh, $250 an article. So you know, I had some writing good. ability. That's pretty yeah. good, right? Yeah, yeah but I mean, I, but I would never, <laughs> right? But I would, yeah, right? But I would never, cons- I would never have considered myself to be a writer on the same level right. as a, as you know. Did so you get a lot of said, feedback from that man? I, you know, that's it, really it inspiring. Did. You know. I, I've gotten that feedback. A lot of people find it inspiring. They found it entertaining. You know, I did get I did get some sports media coverage out of it. Not as much as I would have liked, but right. I did I did get uh, I did get to do uh, a couple of uh, radio interviews, uh, including on ESPN. So I thought it was kind of cool to be nice. to be on to be on ES to be on uh, ESPN. Yeah, but he said to me, "Yo, you don't have to write it. Down. Just do your best, and you know, I'll I'll edit." I'll edit it uh, for you, and so that's um, that's really what happened. So in my in my the office of my uh, organization, I have two issues of the Sports Illustrated. I have both of them framed. I got one nice. the front cover here, and then the article my face here, like nice. that. Yeah, I love yeah, that, yeah, man. You yeah, know, it's I, not I, just so prison. Got, it's you got kids that are lonely or uh, yes. divorced parents and. Uh, uh, somebody going through maybe maybe the parents has got alcohol and drug problems and they're in one room doing something crazy and maybe this kid's watching that football game that level of escapism just some other type yeah. of prison you know so I, yeah. I, I look oh, at it 100%, like yes. that you know yeah 100 percent. yeah no I, I i even think you know in any other setting where people are struggling through hard times, if they have yeah. access to a TV, I mean, I could, I could see. I mean, not that I've ever been to a shelter, you know, but yeah. I would imagine if there, if there was a TV there, I would imagine people would be would 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 watch. I mean, I mean, you know, certainly people that um, you know, are hospitalized, whether whether you know medical yeah. hospital or, or or you know a psychiatric hospital, you know, I mean, I I watch sports in the psychiatric hospital, so yeah. Uh, I guess maybe it's kind of a first here, but I'm transparent, and you're a great host, and this is a great show, so I'll throw you, out it, some, throw you out some uh, original content. I mean, I, I was yeah. involuntarily hospitalized uh, for six months, so after I got arrested, I got bailed out after like 35 days, and I thought I was going back to the to the life I had, you know, going back to school, and yeah. and you know, my, my friends in the apartment complex, the area where I 
where I where I went back and I thought I was going back to that life, but there was no going back to it. I mean, I was a I was a hated figure in in right. Peak Skill. You know, uh, every, you know, everybody believed. You know, well, you know, people think, well, if the cops arrested you for right. it, then obviously you did it. Uh, newspaper reports of of a, of, of a confession um, added. Which was a was a confession, but it was a coerced false confession. But right. you know, they're reporting it as as a confession, so that kind of lends credibility to things. So, I mean, there really hadn't been a murder in Peekskill for a long time, and this really shook up the community. So, I was a hated figure there. You know, I felt like it was somewhat dangerous even for me to be outside walking around. Um, then they wouldn't let me go back to the high school until the case was resolved. Uh, I couldn't play with my friends because you know their parents wouldn't let their kids play with me. So there really was no going back in, in many respects to my life. So I felt like my life was over. Mm -hmm. And so I actually did try to take my life. I, I took a, I took a, a, a large unopened bottle of extra strength Tylenol. And like, I, I swallowed all the pills and I uh -huh. went to sleep and mm -hmm. I, intended to never wake up again. I thought, you know, that was my intent, but you know, thank God I did. I did wake up. Uh, I, I don't recall how long it was, but I, I woke up and, you know, my, my body is throwing up and I can't, I couldn't stop vomiting. And so, uh, you know, eventually that got the attention of my mother and grandmother and I, I had to tell them what I did and they called the, called the ambulance. And so once I was, um, once I was okay medically and thank God I yeah. didn't, I didn't harm my liver. And I mean, to quote one of the, um, nurses look you took enough you took enough Tylenol you know to to really seriously damage the the the, the uh, horse's liver yeah I've heard that yeah. before <laughs> right, right yeah right 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 yeah so when my hospital stay was over I mean you know I I did the, the, there was a psych hospital located on the same grounds and so yeah you know I, I was involuntarily committed uh there and at some point I was fine but you know, like the doctors, I felt like it was kind of a CYA type thing. They didn't mm -hmm. want to, they didn't want to release, you know, sign off on my being released out of until my criminal case was finished because they were concerned that I might slip back into, you know, some sort of suicidal or depressive state. And then they were mm -hmm. worried about liabilities. So, you know, that thing stretched out for like six months. I mean, that was at least three, three to four months longer, but uh, than what it needed to be. And then I eventually got transferred to, um, Rock, Rock, Rockland County Psychiatric Center uh, mm -hmm. for kids. Yeah. And there, the doctors had no such issue. You know, they evaluated me over like a month and, you know, they put the paperwork in the court and came to court and said that I'm, that I'm fine and I was released. But we yeah. went down this rabbit hole, I guess, to say that yeah. uh, I know from firsthand experience, okay, that that people in psych, psych uh, hospitals, you know, we, we watch sports. We, we yeah. enjoy sports. You know, well, what you're saying team. could have happened to anybody, you know, I mean, you're, yes. your whole life's going to be taken away from you. Uh, I could see a lot of us saying people losing our mind doing yes. something like that. It's a miracle that you made it through it. There's hope at the end of the tunnel. You Amen. Know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Amen. And I, 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 you got to write a book, man. I'm sure people's brought that up. Yeah. Many people have brought that up. So I have a book that's 95% written. Right. I, I, need, I need a literary. So the only part that has to be added is just a little bit more uh, about my further adventures on the outside. Yeah. You know, because a lot's yeah. happened since I last wrote. A it. lot of light at the end of the tunnel, man. A lot of light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, part of the challenge is to think about, I mean, everything, everything I've done since I've been home, everything can't go in the book. We have to pick and choose what 
what does, but I need to get a literary agent. I haven't had really a lot of luck okay. in that regard. I mean, it's almost like a literary agent is almost like a lawyer representing a, a writer trying to get them a deal with a major publishing house. So my thoughts, Rob, are that, you know, there's a lot of exonerated books that are out there and they really have gone nowhere. They haven't been read. They're not, and as such, they're not making a difference. And it's really because they, they run to small presses. You know, I want to go to a major publishing house that has a bubble, mm -hmm. a budget for marketing, public relations. They're going to get me shelf space. Um, they're going to set up a, a, uh, book signing tour. I mean, I don't want to learn all those things and start sinking my own money into all that. I mean, right. that should really, you know, that should really come from, from the company. And, yeah. you know, I would like to get, get an advance and I want to do it the same way that somebody of average means would, you know, would, would, uh, would, would, would do it. So I'm hoping that the right people could come along and, you know, I, I could get the age and I could get the book. Right. Uh, I don't see why one well. of these big companies won't jump on it up in New York, you know? Simon yes, and I, somebody big, you know? Somebody big like that. Yeah, exactly. And if that does well, you know, I, um, uh, the the world can open for me at that point. I yeah. you know, uh, from from a a, a movie, uh, a, a play, maybe a one-man show, yeah. a, music, a, music, a, 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 a musical, I mean, all the, I mean, oh, writing a couple of other books. I mean, the world, I mean, I can get a speakers bureau to then represent me. I mean, there's so many, there's so many avenues that, that can, that so many doors that could be open for right. me if I could actually get, but I, it all starts with getting that agent. So, Hey, maybe somebody from the sports scope who's out there, if you're an agent, yes. uh, if you're an agent, or if you know somebody that is, you know, six degrees of separation theory. Uh, but I do feel strongly that, you know, this, this is a story this is a story that needs to be told. You know, uh, what happened to me really could, you know, happen to to, uh, to 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 anybody. And you know, just the fact that I was able to survive that it that it happened from you know ages sixteen to thirty two, being in prison from seventeen to thirty two. Right. But then to come out, to come out and and to become an individual advocate to open a nonprofit using some of the compensation to become a lawyer to have, have helped to free 14 people to help pass six laws. I mean, I feel like it's been an incredible journey and, and I, I feel so humble and blessed the doors that have opened for me, but I still feel like I'm just scratching at my potential. I feel like the book and, and, and all these things we mentioned, I, yeah. I think there's some place for me to be able to do some, to be able to do some commentary and to be able to have some celebrity spokespeople or to, you know, yeah. to, to have an athlete. I mean, because here's the thing, you know, is we've got 14 people home. We have 13 cases that are active. We have another five okay. that are approved and waiting. We don't have the capability of moving the other five. We, we need to raise more money so we can have other legal professionals to work the case. And, and there's yeah. many more yeah. people out there. I mean, my ultimate dream is to have a chapter of the organization in each state and ultimately in each country. Cause I really see this as a, as, Man, a, as, a, as awesome. a worldwide problem. Yeah. And, and the places where we don't in countries where we don't hear about wrongful convictions happening, it, it, it's not because they're not happening. It's that nobody, nobody's being 
nobody's being uh no one's being exonerated but you know the world of wrongful conviction you know i mean has crossed over into sports i mean you know brian brian blades if you remember i mean even ray lewis the quote from ray lewis you know hey to be charged with something you didn't do is the saddest oh, thing yeah ever. there was a quotation from him and for a long time i thought maybe he could have been but you know he could have been but you know i, I don't have a way of reaching all these different uh Reaching, reaching all these uh, different, uh, different uh, uh, people, people. Yeah, Reuben Hurricane Carter. I mean, you Ruben know, Hur yeah, yeah, that's right, Reuben. Yeah, Reuben Hurricane Carter. I can yeah, see Mark Wahlberg playing you, man, because he's a big sports guy. He would love that angle and yes. the escapism of sports, and it would be huge. You know, I mean, it, 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 it would it, really be good. It, it would be. I mean, look at. I mean, many many people uh, consider Mike Tyson to have been wrongfully convicted of yes. rape in Indiana, uh, never exonerated. But many people, you know, consider that to, uh, you know, cons cons consider that to have um, uh, happened with him. Uh, um, you know, the thing with Kobe Bryant, if you, you, yeah. you remember, yeah, and you uh, said it's like four percent, right? I well, uh, I I think that uh, well, there's a stat out that says that that estimates four percent. But I mean, I I think the there's thousands of, of people. That's a lot. Of people, people, I think yeah. it's fifteen to twenty. But there's other. Oh wow! I think because look, there were nineteen people that were exonerated, uh, either either uh, b b before me or after me that I did that I did time with. And when you think okay. about across the U.S., there's a couple of people being exonerated. They, they've had cases scores of cases hundreds of cases that have been tossed out just based on dirty cops you know yeah. who have been found to have you know planted evidence or given false testimony i mean i think some some percentage of those people were innocent I, mean, I don't think that all all of them were but i think that some of them were i mean i do think it's possible for a guilty person to have been framed like the cops can't find legit evidence and so right you know i do think that that can happen but i also think that in the process of doing that innocent people can definitely be caught up in that web so i do think that but look whether it's 15 or 20 if, if it's five if it's four because if there was a four percent stat it was estimated that four percent of the prisoners on death row were, were innocent so there's a four percent oh death row. yeah i thought you tell me okay, right right yeah. but, but even if it's huge though half you want to say one percent you want to yeah. you know you want to say half a percent there's still 2.2 2.3 million people oh my god in my justice system so if you want to say half a percent of that that's still that's still a staggering. That's still a uh, still a staggering number, but definitely lots of crossover between, you know, wrongful conviction and and and, and justice reform and and uh, sports. I remember reading uh, that there used to be boxing programs where out boxers from the outside would come in and would box inside, right. inside. You know, the boxing program that you know gives hope to prisoners. I mean, I remember. Hey, Dewey Bazella. Never heard. If who's that? Okay, so if you get the chance, so it's called the Dewey Bozella story. So ESPN uh, Thirty for Thirty had the episode of uh, of Dewey Bozella. He was he was a he was a boxer. He didn't get to go pro. He was wrongfully convicted. He did twenty six years of prison, and he, he came okay. out. He still he still didn't let go of the dream. He still wanted to have one professional uh, uh, one one professional fight, and he had the he did have the one. Uh, the one, the one bout that he, he nice. got to you know, get in, get in the ring. Yeah. So uh, if you get a chance, if you're listening, you're out there, yeah. uh, you know, get a chance. If you get a chance to you know, do a Bozella story again from, you know, ESPN's 30, uh, 30, 30 for 30. I mean, that really is a, a touching thing. Man. I mean, when his conviction was reversed, last thing on Dewey, uh, when his conviction was reversed, um, they offered him to plead guilty. 
to uh -huh. time served, and, and, and he refused to do that. He said, no, I'm innocent. I'm not. And he went back to trial, and, and he got wrongfully convicted a second time mm. before he was ultimately uh, exonerated. Wow. He was ultimately uh, exonerated, yeah. Wow, that's hard to get it back that time, though, right? No, there's no way to get no way yeah. to get back that time. But you know, the best you can do, I think, is you know, do the best you can in the present and in the future, and you know, make the best of your life and try to make a difference. And you know, for me, that means that that means reaching back to the men and women I, I metaphorically left behind, hence starting the organization, uh, right. hence becoming an attorney, and my life dedicated. Uh, to this, but look to get to that dream, to get to in a, a chapter in each state, in each country, and uh, I, I need public support. We, you right. know, we, we definitely need, you know, we definitely need financial support yeah. and the support of all of all kinds. Always looking for for board members and large donors. And my biggest challenge, of course, is that you know I I didn't make it in business 10, 20, 30 years or be like in a career. You know, right. I I kind of went from you know. Worst to first, you know, to think think about a baseball thing, yeah. the standings or teams went from worst to first. I remember the Braves and the Twins both went from worst, worst yeah. to first. We ended up in the World Series, 91 World Series. Um, yeah, get, going to game seven, extra innings, uh, Jack Morris pitching all 10 innings. But yeah. and I went to went through uh, worst to first artificially because of the lawsuit. So that means I need to have third parties who – are willing to connect me with people in their network um, that this cause likely speaks to. I just want to have a conversation with people. Look, yeah. here's who I am. It's really here's a good thing, man. Here's the mission of the organization. Here's our accomplishments. This is what this is the funding goal. We're trying. This is what we could do if we we're armed for bear. Is this something that interests you, you know, or not? And I, I'm just be thankful for the opportunity at that point. Yeah. Well, I'm about 12 minutes over, but I do want to get know, your take. Brother. Go back to that Super Bowl, man. So you're saying it's Kansas City, right? You don't think that San Francisco uh, – what, what's the analysis for San Francisco to win, in your opinion? Yeah. I, well, what the analysis would be um, – well, I think – well, I mean, I, I think I think if the San Francisco defense can replicate what Balt, what uh, – what what Baltimore did? I mean, Kansas City didn't exactly blow 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 the doors out offensively against right. the Ravens. So I think that you know playing strong defense would be a key to San Francisco uh, winning. Certainly not uh, certainly not turning the ball over. Right. You know, but you know, I I, I think that the uh, I mean, I feel like the AFC was stronger than the than the than the, than the NFC. I mean, certainly the yes. You know, I I you know I I mean the. The 49ers almost lost that game. They almost lost that Ooh. game to the uh, Detroit. Yeah, to 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 Detroit. Boy, that would have really been that would have really been a story. But you know, I mean, I, I feel like I guess maybe at the last point I'll make is yeah. I feel like the Philadelphia Eagles were uh, of the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, were a lot stronger a team than what the 49ers are this year. Yes, but Kansas City still managed to pull off the the upset, and yeah. you know I I think that they I think that they get it done here against San Francisco. I think that the you know I definitely think experience showed KC versus Baltimore. Oh yeah, and, they uh, panicked, didn't they, Baltimore? 
Yeah, they really did. And yeah. you know, bubbles uh, on sportsmanlike conduct and all that. You know, oh my God, that was that. Yeah, that was that was the worst possible time. I mean, the the radio commentators even you know they even called him a dummy uh, <laughs> for that on the radio. Yeah, um, but, yeah. But look, Brock Purdy. I mean, uh, you know, no experience in the Super Bowl. I mean, some of San Fran, you know, has experience. You know, to the extent that some of the team was there, but that's not everybody. It certainly wasn't Brock Purdy. So I think right. experience. I think experience wins out in this one. And if Detroit could put points up on the board like that, and you know, I, I think that Kansas City will will be able to do it. So that's that's my analysis on 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 yeah. that. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, man. And and only thing I could see 49ers winning if they have a game where they run the ball like crazy and they're very successful doing so. Like, um, for for example, Denver, when they upset Kansas City, which Denver wasn't that good this year, 40 rushing attempts, eight of them by Russell Wilson himself. Brock Pretty had uh, 40-something yards rushing against Detroit. Who who thought he could run like that? So that would be – you would have to be Christian McCaffrey, this Debo Samuel, and maybe Pretty getting a lot of rushing attempts and maybe running for 250 – uh, yards, something like that, so they can kind of, kind of, kind of just milk the clock and have Patrick Mahomes sitting on the sideline like he was in the Green Bay game in the Monday night game. Remember that or Sunday night? I do. Rem- I do remember that. That would be the way for San Fran to win. I yeah. think another key on the other side. Uh, I think if Kansas City, I think if Kansas City scores first. Yeah, you know. You know, I think that could really boost their confidence. Maybe that could put some doubt in into uh, in in, yeah. in San Fran. But uh, I do I do think that these were I do think that these these uh, these. Well, I mean, San Fran was clearly the best of their conference. I don't I don't yes. know that Kansas. I think I think I can't say that at Kansas City. I do think that Baltimore was 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 better than yes. that. Yeah, you know, but. Um, Hey, that the best team, the best team overall doesn't always win. You just have to be the Who's best. Who's the best team day. tomorrow, right or Sunday? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. Well, listen. Thank you for one once yeah. more having me on the uh, having me on the uh, having me on the Sports Scope, and yeah. please send me a, a link uh, to to the to the to the show, and I'll yes. push it out on social. I'll, media. I'll email it. I'll email it to you. Uh, I'll give okay. you the the YouTube and the Spotify. I think my sister's been. She was. Uh, sharing my show in so many groups, she wasn't asking permission. She got I got me suspended. Uh, God bless her. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, Hopefully, right, I'll right, be right. back on in a couple of weeks on Facebook, man. But uh, hey, 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 dark humor to end the night, Rob. You gotta, you gotta get out of Facebook jail. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. I was, I was wrongfully accused. I gotta get yes, you to you get are. me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah right, there we go. you know i love oh, that thank humor. you so much buddy and thank you to your fans out there thank you very hey, much, thanks everybody. buddy and you know i'll thank have you, you back for nba stuff if something big happens we didn't get to nba but maybe right. after the trade deadline or after the all-star break we'll, we'll, we'll catch up i think that would be wonderful i'd love to do it rob thank you all right buddy have a good night thank you. You see too. you man all right everybody i will be back on tomorrow same time same place Sanja Pearson uh, is a friend from uh, Northeast Streaming Sports. She's out of Atlanta area. Going to go over the NFC South with her. Big Carolina Panthers fan. She's originally from Charlotte. So tune in tomorrow. 
30 minutes past the hour. I have Sanja Pearson on. Uh, very good female personality. Knows a lot about the NFC South. So uh, stay tuned for that. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. See you tomorrow. Same place, same time here on Sports. <laughs>